the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Well, tonight we're in 1 Corinthians, and we made it to chapter 10. And what happens in chapter 10 is Paul is going to use another illustration, and this time to point out what happens when you live a self-centered, undisciplined life. Let's look at verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. For I do not want you to be unaware, believers... That our fathers were all under the cloud in which God's presence went before them, and they all passed miraculously and safely through the Red Sea. Well, obviously he's referring to Israel there, and this is referring to the, to the exodus of Israel from Egypt. And Paul is not changing the subject. He wants the Corinthians... And the Spirit of God wants us to see where the path of carnal living leads. And Israel really is a great example. It really is. Don't dismiss the Old Testament. You need to go in there and look and see how the people of God worked and how they interacted with God. But I don't want you to see the God that is reflected in some of the old old school teaching and and some people's twisted understanding. This is not a cold, austere God. I'm going to point that out to you. I'm going to show you, just in Israel's example, that this is not a distant, condemning, judgmental God. Now, he does judge and he does condemn, but that is not the preeminent thing about his character. His judgment and his condemnation are subject to who he is. And what does First John tell us about him? It's love. You see, he sets the example. What does he tell us? Do everything in the context of love. Act out of love. God, the Father, in his actions with Israel, continually acts in the context of love, even when he brings forth judgment and condemnation. It's a whole different perspective. So... Paul is not changing the subject. He wants us to see this example. And he's speaking to both Jew and Gentile. So Paul doesn't just say, hey, you remember what happened to Israel? Because some of those people wouldn't remember. He walks them through the history, and you will notice that he uses the word all. He says they were all under the cloud. Here's the thing. 
There's no, deliv- there's no division in deliverance with God. His heart is to deliver every man. He's not willing that any should perish. He delivers all. All walked under the cloud. By the way, Paul makes the, makes the statement that our fathers, and that's confusing to some people, but he's talking about our ancestors in faith. We're related to them in faith. He says, our fathers, it is through faith that we are related by the blood of Christ. And they were all together delivered, and they were all together blessed. Now, the children of Israel had been in Egypt for 400 years, for the most part living in slavery the whole time they were there. Or not the whole time, but a good portion of it. And they had been living under this longer than we've been in nation as the United States. Think about that. So this is all the people that were alive. This is all they knew. In fact, it's all their parents knew. They would say that Jew or Israeli or Israelite was synonymous with slave. Because they didn't, a little Jewish boy didn't have to grow up wondering what he would do with his life. They didn't, they didn't go to career point or anything like that. They knew they were going to be a slave. Now, they may be a slave making bricks, or they may be a slave cleaning out the palace stables, but they were going to be a slave. And typically, they would do what their father did before them. They had been slaves all their lives. And this went on. They'd been there 400 years. This went on until God delivered them. And here's the thing. It took God to deliver them. They couldn't deliver themselves. In fact, I'm not even sure that they understood what deliverance was. They'd known bondage so long. They'd been under it. Slavery had become a way of life for them. So God determines to deliver them, and he sends ten plagues to convince Pharaoh to let them go. And by the way, this was a mercy. You don't see it that way, but the reality of it is that God could have wiped out the entire Egyptian nation in just a thought. He didn't have to go through the ten plagues. But, you know, part of this was building the faith of the Israelites. That's what this was about. You see, a lot of things that God's allowing in your life have an eternal... In fact, everything has an eternal purpose. It's progressive. The obstacles are obstacles for a reason. Well, it took ten plagues. And then, finally, Pharaoh said, all right, I'm going to let you go. So they left Israel, and God led them to the Red Sea. And... Shortly thereafter, Pharaoh and his army decides to run them down. Now, it's interesting how Paul phrases their crossing, how he describes it. He says, They were under the cloud of God's presence, and the water parted. Now, that's a more intimate picture than we see in uh, Charlton Heston's version. This is literally God, his presence all about them. Literally surrounding them. You know, Jesus used that call unto them. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would gather you as a hen gathers her brood. And a hen gathers her brood by pulling all of her chicks underneath her so that they are covered. In the same way, God completely covered Israel. And here's the thing. God went into the water before them. The water observed its creator, and went back in obedience. And the land was dry. 
And God went before them and walked them across on dry land. I think about, this is my God. And He covers my life. He's not just saying, go on, and it'll part, it's okay, just go on. You'll be alright. Way to go, way to go. No, He's literally covering me. And He's stepping forward with me. And you know what? Everything that He intends is giving way to His presence. We only see the temporal. We only see the obstacles. But I'm going to tell you that when God steps forward, His will is done and every obstacle gives way to His presence. And they were covered. And they were protected. And so are we as His children. And they all crossed. Look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 10, verse 2, and it says, And all of them were baptized into Moses, into his safekeeping as their leader, in the cloud and in the sea. See, they all crossed together. They crossed the Red Sea together. And this is a picture of baptism. Now, that word baptizo, or baptism, means to be immersed or to be identified with. So they were entering in by faith and identifying in two things. They were identifying Moses as their leader under God. And they all did. They all stepped forward in faith. This was an act of faith. So as you know, Pharaoh's army tried to follow, and the sea closed in on them, or swallowed them up, and drowned one of the world's most powerful armies in an instant. And I've heard it said that, uh, uh, I, think, I think it was Ian Thomas used to, used to say that God used the problem in front of them to swallow the problem behind them. And isn't that the truth? How many times has that worked for you? God used the problem ahead to swallow the problem behind I just thought I had a problem until I got on ahead and found out that that problem behind me was nothing. <laughs> you know, and my focus changed. It's an interesting progression because, you know, the problems get intense and they get big, but it's drawing my eyes towards Him. It's drawing my focus towards Him. And the, the more I turn and the more I gaze at Him, the bigger my God gets and the smaller the obstacle gets. So they went forward, baptized in the will of God. And here's the thing. God demonstrated over and over his heart to be their God. He leads them out of captivity. He was their provision and their protection, their hope and their blessing. Even, get this, even in the wandering, God didn't leave them to starve and to, to die of thirst, did he? They were wandering around for 40 years. Now, they had entered into the wandering out of rebellion and disobedience, and God decides that they're still His. He's going to cover them in the wilderness. He's going to provide for them in the wilderness. Their sandals didn't wear out. They had homes, they had shelters, and they had a degree of prosperity. I mean, there was another generation, wasn't there? They died in that, but they didn't die alone. Do you see the heart of the Father? 
If all you see is an is a angry, judgmental God that says, you're going to go into the wilderness, you've missed it. You've missed the father who has his hands around the shoulders of a disobedient son and walks him back to his room. You miss a loving heart, an intimate God who cherishes you more than you cherish him. That's what happened. And you know what? It's an interesting truth. They were better off in the wilderness than they were in slavery in Egypt. I'm telling you, disobedience as a child of God is better than living in separation. You're still blessed. In your worst moment, you're still blessed. God's still got you. Verse 3 and 4. And all of them, again, it wasn't just the strong, it wasn't just the weak. It wasn't just the, the morally righteous, the, the ultra-spiritual. All of them, get this, all of them ate the same spiritual food. Now remember, they're living in the wilderness because of their rebellion and refusal to see God, literally rejecting Him. And He is feeding them what? Spiritual food. You know what that is? It's a picture of God hand-feeding them. Intimate provision. And they drank the same spiritual drink. On every level, every man, every woman, every child was fed and watered by God. For they were drinking of a, from a spiritual rock which followed them. And the rock was Christ. See, they weren't alone in the wilderness. The rock was with them. Again, the word all. In each meal, God demonstrated his love, the tenderness of his heart towards them. They had a pre-incarnate Savior living with them. They were saved even in their disobedience. They were saved. They were being saved. You know, he didn't just airdrop 40 years worth of food so that they could have all that they needed, and he walked off. Feeding them spiritual food every day. Through the grumbling, through the complaining, through the rejection, through the self-centered behavior. He is feeding them every day, every moment. Giving them what they need for life every day. Does that sound familiar? That's my Jesus. But you know what? He was among them, leading them like a shepherd. They had the bread and water of life, yet they only saw their need and lived to their appetites. Most of them. Here's the reality, folks. We tend to think, uh, this, is, this is a new covenant truth here. We tend to think that God blesses us when, when we're walking in truth. And God curses us and punishes us when we're walking in the lie in the flesh. Let me tell you something. God is not blessing Topically, He's not blessing you by feeding something to you or putting something on you. The blessing is Christ. 
The blessing is His life in you. And you, even though you may be walking in rebellion, even though you may be blinded by your flesh, even though you may be living in selfishness and self-indulgence, you literally have a choice because His life is in you. And get this, guys. All things work together for good. You know what that is? That's spiritual bread and spiritual water every day of your life taking the things of this world and causing it to affect in you maturity and truth. When you step out of truth, you simply close your eyes and ignore the greater reality of Christ as your life. You set Him aside as a blessing. But even in your wandering, He's providing. He's keeping you. Does that sound like an austere, judgmental God? No. Verse 5. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with them, most of them. Okay. For they were scattered along the ground in the wilderness because of, get this, he gives the reason. The Amplified blows it up for you. Because of their lack of self-control, which led to disobedience, which led to death. Who started that domino? They did. They made a choice. They made a choice to ignore the God who is present with them. They made a choice to ignore the God who was their blessing, their protection, their provision. They refused to see anything other than the appetites, the needs, and the desires of their flesh. So... God left them to die in the wilderness. This is what I've heard. No, <laughs> he did not. God gave him a lesser way to live upon the planet. Now, that word most that they use in verse 5 is somewhat understated because out of the group that he led, God led out of Egypt, only two went into the promised land, and that was Joshua and Caleb. I'd say, yeah, most. <laughs> Most didn't make it. But it was the next generation that went in. And the interesting thing is that God kept them, as I said before, in the 40 years. He kept them. They were held by His mercy and grace in the midst of their disobedience. So, let's look at their example. They let flesh reign. Their chains had been removed so that they were free to worship and follow their God. Why does God give us liberty? So that we can be who He created us to be. Well, if I believe this body is who He created me to be, then I'm all about just eating and loving life with what I can indulge myself with. And that is poison. Because that's not what God created me for. God didn't create you for the body. He created the body for you originally. And then he created you for himself. And now the body submits to new ownership. That's a reality. So, they lived to the body. They lived to the flesh. They ignored their, their God. They lived in disobedience. Yet they were given liberty. They were, given, uh, they, were, they were freed from bondage. They were free to worship. They were free to follow their God. And yet their liberty was used for self-indulgence. 
They took God's provision and protection, but they refused to love him with their hearts and their obedience. All that God gave them was used in in their own pleasure. And all that God didn't give them, they complained about. Even what he gave them, they complained about. See, the flesh is never satisfied. Listen, this is the thing. I... God just broke my heart when I began looking at this. Because I can see in my own life. I can see in my own life where I have stood in the midst of God's blessing, God's provision, God's grace, God's mercy, God's love towards me, God's intimate desire to care for me and to provide for me. I've stood in the midst of that and lived in my own self-indulgence, in my own rebellion, refusing to see him for who he is, wanting to bring him down to a level of flesh and relate to him according to the flesh. That's not what he created me for. They came out of Egypt by fixing their attention on the one true God. How have you been delivered? That's how they came out of Egypt. That's how the chains fell up. Yet in the midst of blessing, in the midst of their delivery and their deliverer, they cast their eyes towards the flesh. As God brought them into the promised land... After the 40 years, once again, he warned them. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. And God is speaking to them. And see if this doesn't speak to your own life. And he says, Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore, solemnly promised to give your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with great And splendid cities, which you did not build. And houses full of all good things, which you did not fill. And hewn excavated cisterns, wells, which you did not dig. And vineyards and olive trees, which you did not plant. And you eat and are full and are satisfied. Then beware that you do not Forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Now look, the truth is, if you follow those heroes of faith, you follow those godly men, the the fathers, as he spoke of, you will see that there were failures in their life. Some of them big failures, murder, adultery, big, big failures then what is the consistent factor of their life? God. That in in the worst time, they got up and they saw God. They never once forsook the promise of faith. They held to their God. Were they perfect? No. Did they fail? Oh, absolutely. But they never let go of Him. That's what God saw. It's a heart thing. It's a determination thing. It's there for you. Even you who have Christ at the center of your being, you are in union with Him. That determination that when you fall, you're going to fall forward. And you're going to get up and you're going to dust off the knee and say, Thank you, Father, for I have learned of your grace, for I have learned of your mercy, and I have learned that I'm made for you and nothing else suits me. I'm going forward in truth. 
How long does that take? How quick did you sin? That's the truth of our fathers in faith. Now, the children of Israel, standing in the midst of the provision of God, standing in the midst of all that he chose to bless them with. You see, they entered the land of the Canaanites. The Canaanites had built huge cities, beautiful cities, filled with wealth. That They were brilliant people in all kinds of ways, in, in creating cisterns and fountains and turning the desert literally into a garden. Vineyards and the land was flowing with milk and honey. I have no doubt that God prospered them in order to be able to give it to his children. But he did. And so what happened? The God who delivered them out of poverty and chains and brought them through the, 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 these very same people that had witnessed their fathers die in the desert, but all along watching God provide day in and day out in miraculous manner. This same God who nurtured and, and fed them and protected them. These are the people that went forward against overwhelming odds and armies that were literally trained to fight and geared for war. These people who did nothing before but make bricks and live out of the the squalor of the desert became mighty warriors and God went before them and mowed the enemy down before them. This same people that saw the walls fall, that saw giants vanquished, that saw literally the armies defeated before them, knew that it was God leading them knew that it was the power. Even the enemy knew it. They said very clearly, we're afraid you're God. This same people entered into the provision, the blessing of God, and sought their own way. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, Visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.